We're in the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, it's a series that we've entitled Wide Open Spaces. And um, what I want to talk about today absolutely is one of the big rocks in the way that I would think and that has revolutionized my life since becoming a Jesus follower over 40 years ago. And I probably was maybe 15 years in to my walk with the Lord and got introduced to the things that I'm going to talk about today and, and literally changed the trajectory of my life in an incredible way. Uh, so I, I really am glad that you're here today because what I want to share today has made such a personal impact on, on my life and I know it will make an impact on your life. When I was uh, growing up, I grew up in, in New Orleans, uh, which is the home of the New Orleans Saints. Thank you. Thank you for three of you that, three godly people in this room, I'm praying. Uh, but uh, yeah, I grew up in New Orleans, and, uh, and my family, we had five boys. I'm the oldest of five boys, and a lot of the families in our neighborhood had a bunch of kids as well. So in this one block uh, were, were at one point school-age kids, you know, like elementary-age kids. Um, there was about 50 of us. And uh, we, just, we just had an amazing, it was fun. I mean, it was a blast. It was, it was before you had to watch your kid like a hawk, uh, you know, because who knows what would happen. And we would just be out and we played football and we played, uh, you know, uh, baseball and mush ball, those cabbage ball, and played tackle the man with the ball and just had a, had a ball. It was a blast. And but as a little boy, uh, my mom uh, and my dad had given me some direction on at the end of our street was a stop sign, and I was not allowed to go past that stop sign. I'm six years old, I'm seven years old, and you can't go past the stop sign. And um, I remember, you know, I just, I really had no need to go past the stop sign because I had this great little world that, that I just had so much fun in and played in, and it, it was kind of my, my world. And, but, you know, as, you, as I was growing up, uh, the, the, the thing is that when you tell a little boy, don't do this, guess what? Uh, so I, I can remember going up to that stop sign, and in my little heart, in my, you know, my conception of the world, it's like I had a world that I was familiar with and that I knew about, but past that stop sign was a whole new world. I mean, it was like past that stop sign was this, this world that, that just seemed like, I, you know, I had no idea what would happen. And the, the point is that physically I could have easily walked past that stop sign, but emotionally, spiritually, uh, conception, perception of life, there was something in me that wouldn't let me, one, because I knew my parents would give me a whooping. Back in the day, that was a good thing to do. Still might be today, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, amen. I don't want to offend you, but, amen. You can't reason with a two-year-old. All right, so, but stop sign, I'm going up to this stop sign, and it was, it was a stopping point for me. And, and I realized that many of us 
have been trained or taught or thought or built our own stop signs that there really is another world. There really is a, a, a space, a wide open space that's beyond the place that we have grown accustomed to stopping in. Uh, I've had the opportunity to travel to India a couple of times, and one of the things that's amazing to me is that, you know, there's, all, there's everything, every mode of traffic you could imagine in India. So, I mean, it's, it's cars, it's rickshaws, it's motorcycles, it's people riding elephants, it's you name it, it's all happening, and it is the craziest traffic experience you've ever had in your life. I don't care how well you think you can drive, you could not drive in India. It is, it is, it is, it is amazing. But one of the things that always has struck me as, as unusual, and you'll find this if you'd go see a circus where there is an elephant as well, is that you could tie the leg of an elephant with a small rope, and even though an elephant is one of the most powerful and ferocious creatures that lives, that small rope attached to a small stake, that elephant will not pull away from there, even though it could easily, because when that elephant was a baby, it's, it was tied securely to a stake and learned that that rope could contain it. And I think that probably everybody in this room has stop signs or ropes tied to our ankles that are limitations that have been placed on us or that we have actually placed on ourselves. That self-limiting places where that's keeping us from God's very best for our life. It's keeping us from the wide open spaces that God has for us. And so I want to read this passage. It's really how we even came up with the title to this series, but this is a, a powerful idea. 2 Corinthians 6, out of the message, it says this, Dear, dear Rock Church, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide-open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. I think one of the great life lessons that I've learned that I'm still learning and relearning and adjusting to over and over again is this idea that your life is not happening to you, your life is happening through you. Proverbs 4.23 puts it this way, watch over your heart, the inner part of you, the within you part, Watch over your heart with all diligence, because how many of you know your heart can slip, right? Watch over it with all diligence, for from your heart flow the springs of life, or one translation says the borders of life, one translation says the issues of life. From your heart flows the bigness of your life, or from your heart flows the smallness of your life. It all comes out of your heart. 
It's not what's happening to you. It's what's happening within you. Smallness is not put on you. Smallness is coming out of you. Bigness is coming out of you. Generosity is coming out of you. Amen. Matthew 12, here's the way Jesus said it. Uh, Verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. In other words, a life is known by what it actually produces. You brood of vipers, is Jesus uh, using his easy speak, you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what's good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of the good treasure of his heart what's good, and the evil man brings out of the evil treasure of his heart what's evil. Matthew 15, Jesus again said, the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Out of your heart comes murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. So here's the idea that is profound and can make all the difference in the world in your life. Here's what the Bible teaches. Whatever you fill your heart with is what your life overflows with. It's not at all to do with the circumstances around you. It's entirely to do with what's going on inside your heart. If you fill your heart with peace, you can walk in peace. Because if you're waiting for all the circumstances to align to bring you into peace, how many of you know that's never going to happen? The Bible says there's a peace that passes understanding. If you fill your heart with love, your life will be full of love. But if your heart is filled with rejection, your life is going to be filled with rejection. If you fill your heart with grace, if you fill your heart with growth, if you fill your heart with abundance, if you fill your heart with joy, your life will be full of joy. If you fill your heart with flourishing, if you fill your heart with faith, if you fill your heart with the promises of God, if you fill your heart with the grace of God, if you fill your heart with the goodness of God, if you fill your heart with confidence that God is causing all things to work together for your good, whatever you fill your heart with is what your life looks like. Orange tree produces oranges. Apple tree produces apples. Whatever's on the inside comes out. And by the, by the same token, if you fill your heart with worry, if you fill your heart with anxiety, if you fill your heart with negativity, if you fill your heart with doubt, if you fill your heart with fear, If you fill your heart with timidity or revenge, guess what? That's what your life will look like. 
Now, I know whenever I teach this, some people go, you know, I don't know that I'm too very crazy about this idea. Because it sounds like you're telling me I'm responsible for my life. That I can't blame something else, but that I have the ability to change my life. And here's what I want to submit to you. If you can change your thinking, if you could change your words, if you could change your believing, if you could change your outlook, if you could literally reframe the picture of whatever is going on in your life, amazing things can start to happen in your world. And I I think the reason I'm so passionate about this message is this is not a theory to me. I have seen life before I understood this and life after I started to get this idea, and I have seen it do incredible things. You know, uh, talking about going to India, here's what I've realized, that uh, even though I live in one end of the earth, Candler, I could actually go to the, another end of the earth, <laughs> India. And, and the, the journey to get to India sometimes is pretty extensive. I mean, you get on a plane, you get in a car, you get on a bus, uh, you, you know, you, you get on a rickshaw. But the truth is, you could start right where you are right now and get to anywhere in the world from Asheville. Right. It's possible. And I, I want to say to you that your life does not have to be defined by Asheville. I love Asheville. I've, I've devoted 27 of my adult years to Asheville. I love this place. It's a beautiful place. But here's what I've realized is that Asheville doesn't define me. It's just the place I live. Actually, my eternal home means more to me than my temporary home. And I've made this decision that Asheville is a place that I live from. Asheville doesn't define me. So when people will talk about the economy of Asheville and how it's hard to make it here, I realize this. I don't live in the economy of Asheville. I live in the economy of the kingdom of God. And I put myself into the economy of the kingdom and live by the economy of the kingdom of God. The opportunities that are in my life are not just defined by Asheville, they're defined by the kingdom of God. Asheville might be the center of my world, but I can go anywhere from here. And I think the freeing thing about all this is understanding this. Emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, some people have literally allowed stop signs to cause them to only get to a certain point in their life. They've they've caused little ropes that shouldn't be containing them at all 
holding them in the place. And I'm saying to you, here's what you have given to you by God. You're not a tree. You're not a dog. You're not a cat. Somebody say, thank God for that. You're, <laughs> hey, you're a human being created in the image of God. You can change. You, you can change. There are things you have the power to change that can change your life. You have this ability, a capacity to change the way you think, to change the way you believe, to change the way you talk, to change what you put in your heart or what you keep out of your heart. You can literally change the direction of your life in a moment. You, you could change the tone of your life, the style, the quality of your life. I'm here to announce to you that, that that feeling of powerlessness that just goes, well, this just must be my lot in life. This must just be what I have to deal with. That can be broken in Jesus' name. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare. Not a welfare check, but welfare and not plans for a calamity. God does not have plans for calamity for anyone. But he has plans to give you a future and a hope. I'm here to encourage you today. Don't let your brain, don't let your heart don't let your outlook, don't let your personhood get stuck in a place that's not in line with the wide open space that God has for you. Isaiah 54, one of my favorite passages of scripture says, shout for joy, barren one, you who have borne no child. In other words, you might start in a place of barrenness, but that isn't where you have to stay. Come on, that's better than the amen I just got. You might start in a place of barrenness. Shout for joy, barren one, you've borne no child. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud. You have not travailed, as in birth. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtain of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your pegs. For you, everybody say me, you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. Your descendants will possess nations and they will resettle the desolate cities. These are great Bible words. Enlarge. Stretch out. Spare not. Lengthen, strengthen. It's a, it's a godly, born out of the word of God attitude. It's, it's, it's an anointing. It's a mindset. It's a way to live. I'm, I'm just saying, come on. 
whatever way you're living now, God has a bigger space for you. It is possible for you to love more expansively, expansively than you do right now. It is possible for you to give more generously than you do right now. It is possible for, for you to step out of a stifling box and step into a wide open space. It's, it's possible to get out of your own little world of trying to just maintain and stepping into a space where all of your energy and emotion and prayers are all about trying to keep it afloat, that you could actually step into a world where you could start to make a difference for other people rather than just be contained in a little box of only maintaining your own stuff. And I, I, please, please, this is not about saying bigger is better. What it is saying is there are wide open spaces for your soul that God wants to bring you into. I've got a great little house that uh, the Lord's blessed us with. It sits on a hill. Uh, and what I love about my house is it gives me beautiful views of the mountains. I have views. And I sit on my front porch and I drink coffee. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, and, I, and I soak it all in. As a matter of fact, I was, I was pacing that porch in the twilight hours of Saturday evening praying for you. Praying that God would turn on the lights of what I want to talk about today because I know the difference it can make for our lives. But you know what? I love that little house, but that house is just where I live from. It doesn't set the parameters of my living. I'm not just interested in just having a house for me. Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. It's not that God's called you to live a small life. It's just that you're living your life in a small way. It's not that God's called you to live a small life, but the smallness you feel, it's not happening to you. The smallness you feel, he says, is coming from within you. Come on. This is, this is about moving our life beyond struggling to maintain my world to realize I'm on this planet with a mission. I'm not on a maintenance. I'm on a mission. This, this is about reaching more people for Christ than we've ever reached before. If there was ever a place to say amen, that might have been a good place. This is about expanding the reach of the, of the kingdom of God. This is about stretching out your world. Enlarge, stretch out, lengthen, strengthen, so that you are literally becoming everything God's called you to be. I love this concept of enlarge. Enlarging is expanding what you already have. When you enlarge something, 
It's taking what you already have and just expanding it. And I think sometimes people, they think, I need something cataclysmic to take place to start to move into a wide open space. But here's what I want to encourage you to know. You just build with what you have. You can't build with what you don't have. I think a lot of people are focused on what they don't have. I don't have the education. I don't have the resources. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the gifting. No, you've got something. You can build a great life with what you have. You don't have to wait for your circumstances to change. You can choose to change. You can change. And this is about expanding our capacity to receive everything God has for us. Okay, I've got six practical ideas. I made it through two in the first service, and you guys are going to get to listen to all six. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get through this as quick as I possibly can. Here's some practical ideas that will, um, that will help you move into wide open spaces. Number one is get some new ideas. The thinking that created the life you have now is not going to be the thinking that takes you to the next season. In other words, it's like this. You are the way you are. I am the way I am today because of my thinking of yesterday. And if I keep thinking the same thoughts over and over, I keep recreating today. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm just, the same things are going on. And some people are, they've been living the same life for the past 20 years, for the last 30 years. Here's what the Bible says, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or Think according to the power that works within us. Book of Proverbs says, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. You know, for years, astronomers, not astrologists, but astronomers, could not figure out an accurate calendar for the earth because they had the wrong idea. Their idea was the earth was the center of our solar system. But a man named Galileo proposed a new idea. And his idea was, no, the earth is not the center of our solar system. The sun is the center of our solar system. And until people bought that new idea, because there were a lot of people when he said that, they were like, you heretic, I can't believe this. Who do you think you are? But now we all know the sun is the center of our solar system. People got a new idea about what the center was. What would happen if you would get a new idea about the way God feels about you? What if, what if you changed from God is mad at me and wanting to put me down and is always against me and got a new idea that said God so loved the world that he gave his son for me. He didn't come to judge, he came to save and I am righteous, I am the righteousness of God in Christ because of what Jesus has done. And, and this whole thing is not about how good I am, it's about how good God is. 
If you would change your mind from God's out to get me to God is totally for me and he's shown that by what Christ has done, that could revolutionize your life. A new idea could change everything for you. Second thing would be pray some new prayers or pray some prayers. Pray some new prayers. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, I'll answer you, I'll tell you great and mighty things which you don't know. Sorry to say this, but there are things you don't know. Come on, turn and look at your neighbor say, he's talking about you now. You only know what you know. And I venture to say, you're doing the best you can with what you know. But if you knew better, you could do better. And the Bible says here, call to me and I'll show you stuff you don't even know. There's something about being in the presence of God that when the lights come on, when the revelation comes, when the aha moment and you go, oh, just a few degrees shift could change so much. I have to say in these prayer meetings that we've been having our church, I've been so encouraged to pray and believe for greater things than I've ever prayed for before. It's like, it's just, I feel my heart, I feel my faith opening up for that kind of thing. The third thing I think that could help us move into wide open spaces is to break generational curses and limitations. Come on. Some people are just following in the path of this is the way my family's always done it. This is the way we've always lived. The purpose of generations is not to just continue abuse or divorce or alcoholism or poverty. The purpose of generations is to grow over the generations. So there's stuff that I, I'm so appreciative that I got from my family, but there's some other stuff that my family would have handed down that I am grateful that I've been born again. And I'm going to always encourage you to love your family. But don't let them set the borders of your life. Come on, everybody knows what it's like to sit around the Thanksgiving table with Uncle Small Mind I almost said sister tight butt, but I didn't want to say that in church. (laughs) And their little comments and their little attitude and their little thing like, who do you think you are? Don't let your family love them, but break some of those curses off. Number, Number four, consider changing your schedule. Now, just hear me out on this one. I'm not saying add more to your schedule. Who needs that? I'm just saying the reality of your life shows up in your schedule. So if every day, as soon as you come home after work, you turn on the TV, and then you leave it on for 
four or five hours and sit in front of it, it might be a good idea to go, this Tuesday night, there's no TV on tonight. I'm just going to change my schedule. Or, or possibly, it could be that when you get up to go to work, you get up at the last second. And you might just want to consider changing your schedule and getting up a half hour earlier and maybe read your Bible or read a book or brush your teeth, something, I don't know. <laughs> maybe changing your schedule would be to say, you know what, I don't even know how to get my hand handle on this prayer thing, but I'm just going to put a prayer time in there and try, you know. Truth is, it would probably wouldn't hurt some of us to actually schedule family fun. Amen. You know what? I know a lot of people who, who live busy and they don't even have a job. Amen. I don't know where I'm going with this one. Okay, two more and then I'm done. If you want to go into wide open spaces, make a plan. In other words, I'm encouraging you to be proactive. Don't be reactive, be proactive. Habits are strong border enforcers. And if you don't plan to change them, they will keep you locked in. If you don't make a plan to eat different, nothing changes. If you don't make a plan to read your Bible, nothing changes. If you don't make a plan to spend time with your spouse, with your family, nothing changes. I'm just saying, the plans, Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Your borders are not going to enlarge by accident. And once you make a plan, you got to go after it. And, and the truth is, nobody makes a plan and is perfect. That, there's the deal. Make a plan. You mess up. Get up. <laughs> Thank God for the grace of God and give it a go the next day. And then the last thing I want to say, number six is this. Make some new friends. Wide open spaces, you might have to make some new friends. John Wesley said, you'll be different at this time next year because of the books you read and the people you meet. I'm not saying that you should give up every one of your old friends, but I'm saying not everyone who's good to you is good for you. And there might be some people that are, that are full of negativity or spite or cynicism who they don't like the fact that you have a dream because they don't have a dream and they're trying to tear your dream down that you might want to create some space. But I'm not just talking about the negative of deleting. I'm talking about this. Come on, new people have new outlooks. New, new people have new graces. New people have new anointings. And I'm saying to you, there's, there's people that God wants to put into your life. That's what church is about. Hello. About connecting us to people. That's what small groups are about. 
in our church. We're going to start a small group semester in October. And it's about connecting with people who are going to be your encouragers, your, your faith partners, your, your believing with you, your cheering you on kind of people. That's who you need in your life. God has wide open spaces, a wide open place for you to run in. But it all starts, it all starts, listen, when you have your relationship with Jesus in the right place. I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. Father, I, I just know that every person in this room, there are places where we just keep hitting the stop sign, where the rope keeps tugging our leg and we just know there's more. There, there's there's more for life than what we're experiencing right now. And I am, I'm praying that you are taking these words, these ideas, this day, and your Holy Spirit, you're planting this in our soul and helping us walk into this. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you know, you might be here today and maybe you've never surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus. And if that's you, I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you used to really have a great relationship with the Lord, but your heart has drifted or something has come in between you and your relationship with God. And you know, this is your day. Come home. Maybe you're here and you feel unsure about where you really stand. And I just want to pray with you. This is not a call for you to get your act together. This is a call for you to open your heart to a God who's so for you, who loves you, who wants to forgive you, who wants to come in and help you. Maybe more important than me praying for you is, is this idea that God would see you saying, yes, Lord. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to give my life to Christ or I know I need to come back or I just want to be sure. I just know I'm not right with God today and I want to be. I want you to lift your hand right now and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? All over this room, thank you. Thanks. All over the room, just lift your hand. Just be honest with yourself. This isn't for anybody else. It's just for you to make a decision. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Over here. Anybody? All over the room. Thanks. Come on. Just a moment to say, God, I don't have it all together. I know I don't, but I, I need you in my life. Anybody else wants to be included in this? Thank you so much. Thanks. Let's pray this prayer together. Hands went up all over the room. This is for you, but we're all just going to pray it together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I'm sorry. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a new start, a fresh beginning as I receive Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.